this is Zach with La Familia Ayahuasca. Just wanting to thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. This particular episode is um, about my personal experience working with a coach uh, as uh, a preparation tool and then a a post-retreat integration tool as well. It's kind of interesting and somewhat ironic and funny that it has taken me about 10 years to explore this. I've I've been somewhat skeptical uh, about preparation and integration coaches as it relates to ayahuasca and other psychedelics. And um, now I've, I've gone through uh, some processes uh, with, with my coach, and I'm actually really impressed. So uh, I hope that this is something that you're interested in and uh, you enjoy this podcast. And thank you again for taking the time to listen. This is uh, Zach with La Familia Ayahuasca, and as I mentioned in the intro, I have recently started to work with a life coach, and his name is Dr. John Sheely, uh, Ph.D. And you know, it, it was kind of mistake that, or not mistake, but a coincidence that he turned out to be a preparation and uh, integration coach for me around ayahuasca. Um, I was really, um, you know, for a long time thinking that a coach or a therapist was not something that was necessary um, because I was working with plant medicine and I was seeing so much personal growth via the plant medicine work alone. And then uh, a couple years into the plant medicine work, I was also Uh, adding a lot of non-medicine consciousness uh, work and study as well through reading scriptures of um, various uh, spiritual pathways and then also doing uh, many uh, practices and with a real strong foundation in meditation. And at the same time, uh, particularly when I was uh, training intensely in Peru in the medicine work, and uh, hanging out with you know other gringos uh, who are also uh, interested in and in doing deep and intense medicine work, there's an idea that was floating around in the medicine community that um, I ascribed to as well, and that was this idea that talk therapy or, or coaching just doesn't work. You know, this whole Western approach um, had gone awry and just is is not useful, and the 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 plant medicine was way to go, and you know, also working on consciousness work uh, through meditation and mantra and prayer and that sort of thing was the way to go, and just focus on the the spiritual and, and plant medicine work, and everything is will be taken care of. Um, and essentially, I was a plant medicine fundamentalist, and had uh, I think maybe um, thrown the baby out with the, the bathwater, if you will. More more recently. I realized that because of the nature of the work that I do uh, as a facilitator, and particularly because of the position that I hold in the community and in the medicine space, that is, the uh, being the leader of um, ceremony and, uh, and of retreats, I realized 
I really needed or need someone to talk to, um, someone that is completely outside of my circle of friends, those who drink ayahuasca with us, those who are studying ayahuasca uh, with us. I, I really needed someone to be able to, to be myself completely, not that I'm not, but just unload uh, everything that's that's uh, I'm going through, what's on my mind, what I'm feeling, and so forth, and also have um, a sounding board to make sure that I was not, quote-unquote, going off the rails uh, with my decisions around um, retreats and, and uh, participants and uh, that sort of thing. As, as uh, Decisions do need to be made, tough decisions sometimes. And also just to kind of keep myself um, sure that I'm, I'm on track with uh, my spiritual path and my personal growth and so forth. And also keeping my ego in check. So... Um, this spurred me to uh, begin searching for a coach. So there, there I was in Lake Atalan, Guatemala, wanting to find a coach or a therapist. And of course, um, the first place I went was uh, Google. And uh, couldn't find anything on the lake. Uh, that was a long shot to begin with. But what I did is um, I searched integral coaching integral uh, because I'm a, a student and a fan of Ken Wilber's integral theory and um, I know that there are several coaches and therapists out there that um, use integral theory as um, part of their their practice now integral theory if you don't know it it's a very gigantic subject and one way to sum it up uh, particularly around personal growth, it's it's taking a focus on waking up, cleaning up, and growing up. Now, this is uh, in contrast to um, a lot of focus in the, particularly in the spiritual uh, realm or communities, of just waking up. Uh, the idea is that if you just focus on uh, waking up, that everything else will fall in line. However. Um, Ken Wilber points out that we do uh, see quite often with very uh, spiritually uh, advanced teachers and so forth, they can get to these amazing states, but at the same time, we, particularly back in the 60s and 70s, uh, those teachers can come across as being sexist, racist, or just you know, um, have issues with their anger. Um, and interpersonal issues, and that's because they had been so focused on waking up, they haven't uh, gone back and cleaned up and grown up. And I think currently when we see scandals, particularly around sex and money and spiritual leaders and teachers and so forth, again, that's them just uh, avoiding or not, not looking at the cleaning up and growing up uh, part of their personal development. So I... Um, did come across uh, John Sheely um, uh, in my search and when I put in integral uh, therapy or integral coaching. And one thing that I noticed was that while he had a um, integral approach in his practice, he also 
um, pointed out that he uh, did coaching around preparation and integration of psychedelic and mystical experiences. And then to top it all off, uh, John does a lot of work with somatic practices, which is something that we're uh, very much into um, as part of our retreats uh, because we've worked done a lot of work with uh, Dharma Ocean's uh, somatic meditation and so forth. And, um, and John has a Buddhist uh, bent to his approach, which was uh, very attractive to me as well. So in the beginning, as I, you may have picked up, as I was, I was looking for a life coach, uh, not specifically an ayahuasca preparation integration coach, but yeah, I really couldn't avoid it, given, given how ayahuasca is such a big part of my life. It's, it's my work, um, and, you know, and I've had over 1,500 ceremonies. I, I kind of ended up with an ayahuasca prep and integration coach without really realizing it. Uh, because my life revolves around ayahuasca, so it's it's, it's kind of funny. Um, so I, I look at my work with John as being both a life coach and also uh, now uh, in, include a preparation and integration coach into that uh, uh, definition of, of how we work together. So I uh, reached out to John, again, John Sheely, and uh, we did a got together and did a 30-minute get-to-know-you or intake session over Zoom. Um, and, you know, that went really well. Uh, John's a really, really cool guy, and we seemed to click on a lot of levels. And so what uh, we decided to do was um, get together for 90-minute uh, sessions uh, every other week. And the way these sessions would work would be, you know, starting off with a you know, casual conversation. Hey, what's been going on in, in my life? And, um, and maybe meander into earlier parts of my, uh, my life, you know, childhood, um, teenage, and so forth. It's very natural and organic conversations. Um, during these conversation, uh, conversations, John would, uh, would be very, very present, um, and at the same time, um, you know, again, very relaxed and casual and open. And then every once in a while, he would he'd stop me and say, hey, hey, hold on. What about that? What, what is it you just said? What, where do you, when you, when you, when you f say that, or where do you feel that in your body? What, what, where is it and what does it feel? And, this was uh, what I, I'm going to call, um, quote-unquote, calling out. I'm not sure if this is how he would phrase it. but um, And he would usually call out something that was something challenging. It was, uh, and it, you know, he was very skilled at taking me to those challenging uh, subjects and, and, and moments. And, and once those moments arose and he would call it out ask where I felt it in my body and then he would begin what I would call a quote-unquote process I mean I'm sure that's a, a kind of a proverbial term and the process uh, was one that um, would allow the emotion or quote-unquote trigger 
to be objectified, looked at, and then the idea being with that um, emotion or trigger being objectified, we can look at it and, and allow the healing uh, process to happen or and let go or have it integrate. Um, I would say letting go and integrating are probably pretty much the same thing, just using different terminologies and, and how you look it up uh, perspectively, or uh, what perspective you use to look at it. Now, um, so this process looked kind of like this. First step, notice an emotion. So in the moment, as uh, in the conversation, oh, there's something that feels, that there's a definite feeling there. It's an emotion. Whether we can label it or not, it's, it's definitely an energy or a feeling. And then locating where that emotion is in the body and then fully feeling the emotion not trying to avoid it but really go into it and feel it looking at it um, with curiosity and wonder uh, not judging uh, letting it be as it is and not avoiding it and then waiting and feeling and watching and allowing the emotion uh, or energy to move so, you know, this, this was, uh, to be fully transparent, I was a little put off at first by this process because this is a process that uh, was not new to me. It was, it was something that I'd, I'd studied and seen uh, via my studies of consciousness practice and uh, or consciousness studies and practice, podcasts and so forth. In fact, I'd already felt like I'd been, I was pretty good at it, and I'd been practicing it in the past. Um, and so I, I kind of was like, had this feeling of like, you know, I already know this, man. What, this is, I was a little annoyed, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> luckily, I kept this sen sentiment to myself uh, and kept working with John um, through this process. And, the, you know, the, the amazing thing, uh, and I find this personally groundbreaking for myself, is that um, there's I realize there's a difference between doing the self-study, self-improvement, self-help kind of stuff, and and practicing it. And I was I felt like I had practiced this stuff, but there's a big difference between doing it oneself and then having a coach or therapist take you through it and work with you huge huge difference i can't emphasize this among, uh, enough and um, you know the, the the thing that you one might find if they start working with a coach or therapist and they've already done some of the self practice is that the the coach or therapist will find things uh, that w one will not be able to find on their own through the self study or practice uh, because we've we've missed it, we're, we're, we're we as humans are terrible, terrible at self-diagnosis. There's a, there's a great saying that I heard many years ago. I'm not sure who said it, but it's uh, the saying goes like this: um, the three great mysteries in the world. It's bird unto air, a fish unto water, and a man unto himself. That is the man, you know the bird doesn't realize that it's flying through air. It doesn't understand air. 
The fish doesn't understand water. It's, it's so in the water, it has no idea about water. And then a man unto himself. This is, you know, a man is so, um, so handicapped at looking at um, uh, oneself and, and determining what's, where the, where the um, blocks are, the difficulties are. And, you know, it's, it's no mistake that there are so many spiritual paths that say, you know, really look, the, the, the kingdom of heaven is inside, you know, know thyself, um, go inward, all this sort of thing is because this is where the gold is. So a coach will really point out stuff that we don't see ourselves, uh, even though we may have been doing uh, self-study and practice along uh, this type of pro uh, process. They also, another thing coach will do is gently guide you and encourage you to go places that you may not want to go on your own. And this is where the gold is, those places that we're trying to avoid. That's actually where we need to really focus and go in, and, and that's where um, the healing needs to be done. And then they, the coach will also keep you accountable uh, to keep the practice uh, going, not only in the sessions, but also between sessions. They're there to keep you on track, keep you on point, uh, on a consistent basis, um, you know, it's very much, you know, we use the term coach, uh, and it's very much like a coach in sports, um, you know, that's what the coach is there to do, they're, they're, they're there to make sure you do the work, and are accountable for the work, and uh, all of this work is in preparation for the quote-unquote big game, so, you know, it's, it's quite notable how um, after after personally have gone through this coaching process, how even though I felt like, oh yeah, I already know how to do this, um, yes, I had been doing some self-study and yes, it was helpful, but having a coach in there and really looking, uh, having another perspective and finding things that I had totally, totally missed is amazing, amazing. I can't emphasize that enough. So my first two sessions with John uh, were actually between two retreats, and so I wasn't doing ceremony um, uh, during this time. And um, during these two sessions, uh, John had really uh, put me through the, this process over and over again and had really encouraged me to continue practicing the process outside of, um, outside of the sessions. And, um, and then I went into retreat, and during one of those ceremonies, uh, during the retreat, we do four ceremonies during our retreats, and um, towards the end of the ceremony, when things started quieting down, and I had a little bit of um, uh, free time to kind of do what I call personal work, or what we call personal work uh, uh, during ceremony, um, in spite of the fact that we're, we're taking care of other people, there are uh, some some uh, sections of time during ceremony we can kind of look inward and um, I just happened to start to think about a situation uh, where someone had slighted me and I um, found myself in a, a mental loop or a ruminating about the situation and I had a, enough presence of mind to notice what was going on 
And I was like, hey, I wonder, you know, maybe I should go into the process um, that John had put forth uh, now, uh, asking ayahuasca to help out. And so I did. I I said, hey, um, ayahuasca, help me out with this understanding of um, not so much the situation itself, but why rumination, what's going on when I ruminate. And ayahuasca, if you don't already know, uh, creates a situation uh, where we have heightened senses, uh, both through um, you know somatic feelings and, and the emotions, and also she adds the uh, so oftentimes adds the benefit of visuals. So as I uh, uh, was going into the process, um, I noticed how the energy of uh, ruminating was kind of enjoyable. I mean, I really went into uh, how. Uh, ruminating had some juice to it um, and it was somewhat addicting and the other thing I noticed was that it it was also exhausting Uh, going over the same thing over and over and over again had juice but it was also exhausting and there was a really interesting uh, visual representation of this rumination uh, energy uh, and was really able to open-heartedly really feel it and look at it, watch it uh, with curiosity, and uh, ayahuasca provided the gift of um, showing how, as I went through this process and felt it, uh, uh, looked at it uh, with curiosity, the energy was able to literally move. I could watch it move in a zigzag um, formation from my solar plexus up through my heart area and then up my throat and out my mouth and I was like wow I mean um, really amazing because it wasn't like a straight line it was uh, was zigzagging back and forth and and there was a a visual (laughs) where it was like this uh, little tiny somewhat cute but somewhat pathetic little energy that was like oh no I don't want to go and then, and then you know looking at it I looked at it um, uh, with compassion and, and uh, again curiosity and it just it just slowly zigzagged up and out my mouth and it was like wow and the, the energy after that felt very clear um, and I wanted to see well okay is this just a temporary kind of thing and uh, I want I focused on going back uh, into that ruminating space and seeing if there was still energetic juice there. So it, it was easy to go back into the rumination, but it was only a mental thing. It had lost its energetic juice. And without the energetic juice, it was no longer so addictive. So it was kind of like um, going through the, the rumination, uh, the memory of the what had happened once or twice, and then it's like, oh, that's not as juicy as it once was before. So no longer so addictive. And we're just like, wow, this is really cool. So I continued to um, play with this uh, process uh, uh, with other somewhat negative emotions and some uh, memories that uh, were not so pleasant. And that was great. I, you know, continued to have really uh, positive results. Um, And then I decided, hey, you know, in um, 
in a lot of spiritual paths, and particularly in uh, Buddhism, they talk about how we're constantly trying to um, avoid or push away negative um, or uncomfortable experiences and always trying to hold on to um, enjoyable uh, experiences. Uh, and therein lies suffering, right? We're trying to push away or grab onto. And either way, it's attachment in some, some form. And so with um, this idea, it's like, okay, well, I've been working with some negative uh, or what would be perceived as negative emotions. Let me look at um, a positive emotion. And um, this happened uh, around excitement. I, I thought of something. I was like, oh, something in the future that I was really excited about. And... Um, once I realized I was excited, I was like, okay, let's let's go into this and, and, and go through the same process. And what was interesting was I saw how the energy around excitement was actually um, a tension, and it was creating, it was almost like there was a visual of a tube that had a big ball of um, uh, energy that kind of slowing things down. It, it wasn't... Um, uh, moving through, it was getting caught up. It almost looked like a like a python who had just eaten a goat or something. You know how the, the whole body gets um, ballooned out, and, and where the, as the goat is being digested, and so it was essentially um, a, a big blob uh, blob of energy, and it wasn't moving through efficiently, and it really connected, uh, I, or I made a connection in the sense that uh, when we get excited, we get carried away, and there's the same unconscious uh, uh, kind of getting carried away with a wave of excitement just like we do on the negative side uh, when we get carried away with anger frustration or rumination uh, we don't realize that we're uh, we're not conscious as to what's going on and so again went through the, the uh, process recognized that there was a an actual block um, in, a, in a sense, uh, or another way of putting it is the energy was not flowing through smoothly. And through this looking at it, um, feeling it, and looking at it with curiosity, there's a relaxation, and it opened that channel, not in a, uh, you know, the channel didn't, didn't get wider, but it got smoother. And the whole experience of excitement um, smoothed out. And with this um, smoothing out, there was a sense of clarity um, versus getting caught in, uh, caught up in the emotion of excitement. So I was like, "Wow, this is this is uh, really what um, uh, consciousness uh, uh, consciousness studies uh, they talk about is like don't get uh, too attached to those positive things like excitement." Um, nor avoid those what are perceived as negative things like rumination, anger, or frustration. And so I continued the practice throughout the end of the ceremony. I was like really blown away um, at uh, the work that can be done using um, the help of a coach uh, and taking those practices that are provided by the coach and taking it into ceremony. Coming out of this, I was really impressed with how my sessions with, with John um, as a, a preparation going into uh, retreat, uh, transitioned and integrated with uh, ceremony uh, and the work within ceremony itself. 
Then post-retreat, of course, John and I uh, got together for other sessions and um, continued to do um, the coaching work. And it, it thing that has been noticed is that it, post-retreat, it feels like the neural pathways around this process, process um, are much, much improved in a very short period of time. And so I feel like my ability to use this tool is, is also very much improved. Obviously, I'm very happy with um, my personal experience of uh, working with John as a uh, preparation uh, and also uh, post-retreat integration coach, you know, I have been very happy with being able to develop this uh, this tool uh, around the process uh, or the processing of emotions and triggers and so forth. And one thing that I wanted to uh, bring up that I recently realized is that by doing this personal work and um, learning this process, John explained to me that when we go through our triggers, all of us do this, when we go into our triggers, the content that is produced is really not the issue. There's something else that um, that energy that um, that we're holding uh, through past experiences, conditioning, uh, uh, or or repressed emotions, and so forth. That energy is coming forth. It's just waiting to be expressed because it hasn't been um, recognized, healed, integrated. However, whatever terminology you want to use, it's there waiting, and it needs to come out. And it comes out in these these trigger moments. And um, when we're triggered, we let loose a bunch of content, uh, you know, things that are said <laughs> that are you know, in anger or frustration or, uh, or sadness or what have you. And again, it's not the content is not the issue. The core issue is much deeper, and we are not aware of what that core issue is. Um, through this process, we can learn to be aware uh, but we're not 95% uh, of the time. And oftentimes we'll, we'll come away from an interaction where we um, are angry with someone and we let loose. Uh, uh, and we later we'll be like, oh, man, I don't know what I was thinking. I don't know what was going on. That's right, be, <laughs> because we're not. It, it's the literal uh, example of uh, you know, that Christ saying, they know not what they do. We're all in that same boat. And through this work, um, I recognize that I know not what I do in a lot of situations. I got some really deep insight into that. And through that uh, work on myself, I recognize now that when I'm interacting with someone else and they, for whatever reason, get upset and uh, um, they get triggered, and let loose on saying uh, angry or mean things, or um, that they're in that, uh, again, that, that state where they literally know not what they do, and this allows for compassion for them. And I, I can uh, hopefully look past the content that is produced 
and um, also realize that everyone has different triggers. Um, something very mundane uh, or seemingly mundane can trigger someone else and they can let loose. <laughs> and um, they're in this, when, when they're triggered, they're, they're in this unconscious state. And again, the content that comes forth is not, um, not the issue. There's something deeper that needs to be healed there. And, you know, depending on the relationship and one's skill with this, this kind of work, um, at, uh, at worst, uh, we can hold, you know, hold compassion and be patient with these people uh, without tr being triggered ourselves and creating kind of a vicious cycle of triggering. Um, at best, we may be able to, particularly with a partner, if the other partner is interested in and in, in going deep into this work, um, we can we can work together and, and heal each other through these uh, these processes. Now, going forward, I'm going to. Personally, going to continue to work with uh, John and um, recommend uh, or recommend people work with him as well. I, I did want to um, point out that I don't have a lot of experience with other therapists or coaches, and I know that there's a lot of different approaches out there, and. Um, you know, so I can only speak to my experience with John. Um, I'm sure that there are other therapists and coaches out there that uh, do wonderful work and um, are great in terms of uh, preparation and uh, post-retreat integration. Um, all I can speak to is my experience with John, and uh, we will be uh, recommending him uh, as uh, preparation and integration uh, option for people who want to kind of take it further. Um, you know, for like I said in the beginning, I have been <laughs> somewhat skeptical of uh, these uh, uh, ayahuasca and psychedelic and preparation integration coaches. I think a, a, a big part of the skepticism has come from um, a lot of them do not have the uh, a real deep background um, in terms of training and uh, schooling and so forth um, and they're just they're coming at it from maybe a certificate standpoint uh, in association with um, some plant medicine experience uh, that those people can very well be skilled but what I really like about John is that he has the uh, both the personal experience background and also um, educational background and uh, all the uh, letters and so forth. I mean, the guy's a PhD, <laughs> for God's sakes. Um, so it, that, that helped me a lot, and it, and it really shows in, in the work that he did with me. Uh, and again, I'm going to continue to work with him. So I think that this uh, brings the podcast to a close and uh, if you have any questions for us at La Familia Ayahuasca, you can reach us at info at ayahuascafamily.com. Thank you very much again for listening, and we will talk to you soon.